Hey everyone, welcome to episode 37 and uh, I have my son today doing the intro for me. Hey everyone, this is Bootstrapping Sass, my dad's journey to $10,000 in MRR with ClearCast.com. A quick shout out to my Patreon supporters, Jace Richardson with RepoGar.com, Merod Movahedi at Zebel.co, Zoli Veris, Valium Badivuku, thank you so much. If you want to support my journey, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash bootsass. So it's a rainy day outside. I have my uh, cup of coffee here with me. Uh, been working. Uh, actually, you know, I'm not reading the news at all. Um, local or international, uh, try to stay safe. Um, things are getting pretty relaxed here in, uh, in Pristina. We have zero cases for a couple of days now. We're still in, ca- still in quarantine. Uh, but we have like if you're if you're a certain specific business you can move around um, so I've got that little note in which I can move around so uh, for the past week I went twice to friends uh, offices I have these two friends who have their own business uh, one is a um, both of them are clients actually <laughs> Claritas clients um, one of them is a big company which is located in Pristina in Chicago and in um, in Shenzhen, uh, they do a um, software hardware combination product for key makers. Something innovative that is cheaper to do than, say, at Radio Shack, etc. I don't really know the details of it, but I went to my friend's uh, office. He was there by himself. It's a huge, um, it's a huge office. It was only him there and me sitting about ten, ten meters apart. <laughs> uh, but we've been in lockdown, you know, so pretty safe. We don't have the virus um it was a good change just you know chatting with somebody else that you haven't seen for a while and working uh, i had a really productive day i worked for six hours straight uh on claritas trying to release the scrum uh feature which is coming along really good i'll be releasing the first working version probably by tomorrow tomorrow sunday so i can be ready for monday for any uh, bugs or any um, weird things happening, which will be, I'm sure, f- reported from current users, which I have, I have about 100, a little bit over 100 a day that are active, so I'm sure some emails will come through uh, asking about something uh, not working or working differently, etc. I mean, I've tried to cover every, every single base, but um, you never know. So uh, we'll be on top of that for the, for the next week. So yeah, it was good working uh, out at the office. Uh, then yesterday I went to another friend's office, um, and they have a really well-designed uh, office, which is well-lit and very comfortable to working. So I worked there for about six hours or so. I chatted with them about business, about things in general, um, which is really good for a change, you know, because I've been I've been home with my family for the longest time, and uh, no matter how much you love your family, you know, everybody wants to get away. <laughs> To their own thing after some time, you know, because we've been stuck here. Especially if you feel bad for kids, I've been, I've been able to get out with uh, on a car. You know, I've been actually going for long rides and listening to podcasts. Like that's been my thing, but it's been alone, and which is kind of boring. Uh, so yeah, I feel kind of for my kids not being able to get away from the house home setting and just experience something else. Uh, so hopefully, uh, we'll get out of this mess soon enough. Um, 
so yeah that's uh what's going on um wanted to thank a lot uh some of my online friends who have reached out to me um last week i've after had some difficulties in the past month um so tony denke thank you man uh, ben mon and justin jackson thank you all for reaching out and just checking in if i'm okay and just giving me some um inspiration and motivation with your words and your work and and suggestions and and everything you do so thanks for that i appreciate that and, and with that note I, I want to say how important it is to have uh, friends, not only in real life, in our daily life, in our city, in our at, wor at work, but also for us bootstrappers, it's really important to have online friends who are who are doing what we're doing because not a lot of people locally, at least not around me, do what I do. And if I start talking about something, it's it's Chinese to them. Like they they won't understand it. Uh, they won't understand the numbers. They won't understand the business model. Uh, most of my friends, uh, they've either studied MBA or some some financial or legal um, degree they have. So uh, most of their thinking is around, you know, having a job, getting paid and not bootstrapping something. Uh, they understand the model of recurring revenue, but they just sometimes don't understand the struggles with it. So it's very important to have friends who are doing the same thing wherever they may be. And I'm I'm very fortunate to have friends who do the same thing. And uh, most of the friends that I've made who are bootstrapping their product, uh, they have come from two places in my case. Uh, first place is Twitter, uh, where I've made a lot of, uh, of friends, online friends who are bootstrapping their product. They're either developers or business people. And the second place is uh, Justin Jackson's Mega Maker uh, Forum uh, Club. So, um, and I've been a member there since, oh man, forever. I think since the beginning, Justin probably knows better. Uh, but um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, we are, we are sort of, um, um, if you need something to ask someone about just business, personal or Facebook ads or anything related to bootstrapping, marketing, sales, development, um, I have a network of uh, these online friends I'd like to call that I can reach out to and then within a day or so they'll they'll get back to me so you know if you're if you're bootstrapping if you're if you're doing something that i'm doing uh alone or maybe with a co-founder i think it's very good to be part of a a group of people who share the same same sort of journey uh because that's very important it you know it keeps you sane it keeps me sane you know knowing that there are people out there doing the same thing having the same struggles succeeding um and uh yeah so that's good and talking about success um i was very happy to hear that one of my other online friends uh benedict uh, with user list his own product they got into tiny seed so that was really cool i've applied to tiny seed twice already uh i have been rejected i guess uh, i haven't received any any communication from them either time just to say that you know if you haven't been if we haven't contacted you you know that's probably it so um uh, I really like what Rob um, Walling does. Um, I listen to his podcast. I've been following him for quite some time. Um, I think he's really a good person to have uh, by your side if you're building a SaaS, if you're bootstrapping a SaaS. And I think Tiny Seed is a um, is a good uh, sort of example of helping bootstrap companies. Now I know they probably strayed away a little bit from um, investing and startups that are earlier stage i think their criteria might have gone up a bit because uh, i'm sure they're getting a lot more quality um applications so uh um, 
if initially they had said that, you know, you only need a couple hundred dollars MRR to apply and probably get in, now I think it has to be in the thousands because it's just the way probably the way of, you know, the quality of applications they're getting. And if they have to choose between a 5K MRR bootstrap SaaS uh, that's, make, that's growing probably 10, 15% a month to another one that's making $200, $300 per month and growing maybe like 7, 10%, They'll they'll probably take the 5k one. I mean that's that's logic. So, um, but yeah, I'm uh, super happy about them. Uh, also, uh, another friend of mine, Joshua, uh, with his product User Video, um, for becoming a partner with Intercom. So uh, yeah, it's pretty cool hearing uh, these success stories uh, with people that I know online that I know when they started the product and now seeing them succeeding. It's really impressive and it's almost like a privilege being there from the beginning. Um, that's really cool. So uh, I really get psyched and motivated. And I think one of the reasons I'm, I'm a little bit more motivated and inspired this week is uh, is two things. One of them is I'm just tired of reading the news or politics or anything like that. So I'm trying to sort of maintain my, my inspiration, motivation by reading, by uh, watching movies. I've been reading, writing a little bit of poetry, which I really love. Um, and uh, just seeing uh, these people, these friends succeeding with their products is really inspirational and makes me feel like, hey, you know, they did it. I'm very close to doing it with Claytask, and uh, it's really inspiring to have that whole um, network of friends who are uh, succeeding, failing, overcoming obstacles, and uh, just, you know, doing what they want to do with their, with their life. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, really cool. Um, so, um, Scrum uh, functionality is pretty much done. Uh, I have a couple of things to fix today, tomorrow, tomorrow Sunday, and I plan to launch tomorrow because not a lot of people are online. I won't take the um, uh, client test down for the time that I up upgrade. It's going to be like just a, a split of a second. Uh, I've run some tests. They're good. Uh, I have had some clients run some tests. Uh, in uh, in uh, testing and staging, uh, so we've been fixing those. Uh, feedback is really good. Um, I've gotten a lot of good comments about the way I've solved stories in in Claritas compared to other uh, applications like Jira, etc. Um, I've uh, I've asked people a lot of questions, especially people that work with Jira or any other Scrum related software, and then uh, I sort of went away. Um, did those changes. Um, I don't want to make Claritask uh, same as Jira. Uh, there's no point in having another Jira. I want to solve some things that uh, these people complain about Jira. I want to solve them better. One of them has been stories, and the other one has been the simplicity of uh, Scrum and Claritask. So those two things I want to sort of market with and talk to new people, new potential people. And then uh, once I, well, I was done with getting feedback from more than a dozen, I believe, I have to look at my list. Everything is recorded in, in Clarity Task. I've, I've copy-pasted every little communication from LinkedIn, from Messenger, from Slack, uh, from email uh, into this huge uh, task in Clarity Task and just copied it into um, uh, different notes. So uh, after I was done uh, yesterday, I went back and I asked these friends of mine and I said, so here's a question. You have to be honest. Um, I said, uh, 
or what would be the reason for you not wanting to switch to Claritask Scrum, even though it's better, it might be better or it is better than Jira and everything checks out, like what are the biggest objections? And the reason I did that is that the objections, objections these uh, friends would give me, it's something I can use for a website copy. Uh, I can talk about those objections. And uh, the other thing is that if I get on a call with someone or talking to someone about switching over, I can know those um, um, those objections beforehand. And there was a repeated pattern. Uh, one of the biggest ones was like, uh, well, Jira is an established company. And being that we have a lot of projects, uh, we might not be sure what would happen with Claritas down the line. So that was the biggest one that was repeating because features you can always always do you can always make something similar to another software etc so i really have to work in that brand image of portraying clarity as a little bit more uh serious uh having a lot more copy on the website where i talk about security about the uh, the road ahead about clarity um being in for the long run um that you know we plan to be on this road for quite some time and uh, just being with clients and giving them that, that security that, you know, it's an established company. Uh, some objections, which I don't think I can cover right away, had to do with like some uh, legal aspects of Jira serving bigger companies. And some, uh, some friends gave me some feedback and acronyms, which I've never heard of. Um, and it's not GDPR, it's something else. Uh, I have to look it up. Uh, it's just a compliance levels of certain things that Jira does for like big enterprise companies, etc. So those I, I don't think I'll be able to do right away. Maybe down the line I can hire a lawyer or a certification of sorts that does that thing. But I don't think I can I can um, um, overcome that objections right away. But other ones like security and longevity um, being on this road, I think I can work on that with... Uh, with my communication, with brand awareness, brand image, the way I portray Clarity Task, etc. So, very excited for releasing Scrum. One thing that's very tricky right now is that Clarity Task has gotten like quite big. Um, it's uh, it has list projects, it has Kanban projects, and uh, Scrum projects. So, it's ideal in an ideal conditions for a company that uses Clarity Task in different departments. So like uh, a business department can use Clarity Task for business dev. Uh, their customer care for managing tickets, marketing, uh, sales, they can use the Kanban view, um, content marketing can use the Kanban view, their dev team can use Jira, and then they can all come together if they track time or if they want to keep communications in one place and see how every project has progressed, they can um, they can bring it together and see the entire company's uh, productivity. One good thing in task is that he has workspaces, which pretty much are separate accounts, so a business development team can have their own team with like two people maybe, and then marketing can have three, and then development can have maybe five. These are all separate accounts almost. I call them workspaces and clarity tasks. And they can have a super ad administrator which is similar to each workspace that manages uh, each workspace. However, people in those workspaces, they only have access to that specific workspace. So somebody from development like a junior developer will not have access to business development projects in business dev workspace. So that's sort of idea behind it. But also, I think I'm going to make, not I think, but I will make a sort of a landing page for Scrum only and maybe even list Claritas Scrum as a separate product 
uh, which will take people to forward slash scrum. Um, I just hit my printer with my hand. You probably picked that up on the microphone. I don't have, by the way, Scarlet anymore. Um, uh, I was borrowing it from a friend of mine. So uh, I have uh, the ATR Audio-Technica mic hooked up directly to my computer with USB. And it does tend to pick up a lot of um, noise. Like if I do that, you'll hear that. Um, so uh, yeah, just a side note. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, another thing that I'm thinking about, which I will probably do uh, most likely, is listing ClarityTask in AppSumo. Uh, there's a lot of downsides to it, I understand. Uh, first downside is that um, um, uh, AppSumo does take about 70% of sales, uh, which, uh, considering that a lot of people do around 5,000 sales or so at like $30-ish lifetime value, uh, it's still it would be still good money for me. Uh, it would be a good runway, a full-year runway, so I don't mind at all. AppSumo taking that big of a chunk because if they're able to deliver me 30% of 5,000 sales at uh, at $30, $39, that's still amazing money for Clary Task. And I will be able to focus it in on full-time, use that money to uh, advertise, promote, improve, maybe hire someone. So uh, I've been talking to the, uh, I haven't talked to them yet. Uh, I had a friend who was successful with two deals on AppSumo, introduced me to uh, someone at AppSumo, and I've just replied to them, so I'm waiting for, a, for an email to know when the, when the, uh, the date, when I can have the deal on, on uh, AppSumo, and all other details that will go with it. So I'm, I'm very excited about it. Uh, um, another downside a lot of people report is that uh, there will be a big influx of customer care uh, tickets uh, because a lot of people write and we need to really be on top of our game so people convert to a sale and then uh, uh, the other downside is having these uh, lifetime people lifetime customers who will use Claritask for a long time and then you need to support them so I'm, I'm hoping to be able to offset that with growing uh, Claritask post AppSumo deal meaning that I will have the the cash, the runway to run for a year and hopefully getting new clients, which of course will add more customer care, but I'll be able to hopefully uh, sort of um, manage uh, customer care quite well in that sense. So uh, yeah, excited about AppSumo. I've been, I've been looking at it for quite some time, to be honest, uh, and uh, hearing some friends talk about it. I also talked to some people that, have, that buy products on AppSumo and they said, oh, I love AppSumo because, you know, I get, we got a lifetime deal about this, this product and we still use it. And um, that's pretty cool. So uh, I still understand the downsides of it. But considering that I can have a big chunk of cash that will help me for, for at least a year of runway. Um, if I do a quick math with you guys. So let's say I have 5,000 sales at $30, not $39. let us say $30 lifetime value for 10 people. It's $150,000 in sales. Uh, so $150,000 in sales times 30%, that's $45,000. Uh, so $45,000 minus 22%. Uh, so after tax or so, I'll have about $30,000, uh, which is quite a lot. Um, it will help me close to a year 
uh, depending on what activities I do and how fast I grow ClarityTask in other areas, I think it's pretty pretty cool. So uh, yeah, waiting for an, uh, for an answer from AppSumo. We'll see how that goes. Um, I'm getting all these ideas as I'm releasing Scrum and getting all this positive feedback. And I was thinking that if Scrum does pick up, I'll probably spin it off as a product on its own, so not to confuse teams and then maybe connect ClarityTask with ClarityTask Scrum through an API if somebody wants to use them both. These are just ideas. So we'll see what happens after I launch. I want to see how people respond to it. There's still things to be fixed and improved upon as time goes by, but nothing is ever perfect. And that's one thing I wanted to come back to. You know, the, earlier in the show, in the episode, I mentioned about reading and writing poetry, which I've done sort of, you know, throughout my life in college and stuff. Like, I always liked reading and writing, even fiction, not just nonfiction. And one thing about po- poetry, writing poetry is that you don't really have to be perfect to write it. You're not writing nonfiction, you know. Like, you're writing this story in a couple of verses, a couple of lines even, and you just trying to give an image to the reader of what's happening, you know, like you're trying to give them a view of a summer day, a summer breeze at a beach, uh, I don't know, at 25 degrees Celsius, perfect weather, while sipping a cold beer, you know, just as, that, just as an example. So you're not describing the whole thing, and it's not perfect, so a lot of it is left to readers' interpretation, like how they're going to perceive that. So why I, why am I mentioning poetry? And the reason I'm mentioning it is that even like when we're, we're building apps, like we don't have to be perfect. Thinking as a designer, as um, as a developer, you're always thinking, oh, I, you know, this this feature, this little drop down is not perfect. The padding is not. The mar- you know margins are not. Like we have to be do this. We have to do that. Clients gonna notice. They're not gonna like it. Clients really don't care that about that that much. Um, we do, like, if something is glitchy or, like, um, uh, there's a certain pattern that doesn't fit, uh, we'll notice that. However, like, think of email. Think of Gmail. Like, how many times you find yourself, you know, saying something about Gmail? Oh, you know, like, this checkbox, this green is, like, really blurry inside of a checkbox. It doesn't really look good. Like, you like the what email does. And if your software doesn't do that, like, we haven't done much. Like, if our software is the way drop-downs work or the checkbox checks or something moves, and that's, like, that's what you're going for, like, that's not that's not your tool. Like, those are, like, um, makeup, you know, like something that makes it look good. What I'm talking about is the flow, the entire flow of, of what your software does, how it helps your, your user to get something done, even if it's something simple as sending an email. Like, it does that job, and that's it. And then you can tweak around things, you know, make the box around it or give it a drop shadow, etc. So, you know, thinking about poetry, how poetry doesn't have to be perfect. You know, you're just trying to convey a feeling. Similar, I'm trying to compare that to a software. You're, you're trying to, you know, uh, give users a flow which they can work through and get something done. And then you can refine it. And then you can get out of the poetry uh, analogy and then you know it can be more technical and then say okay so this box could be better or this little mo- pop-ups they have to be a little bit more in line as a family of, of of pop-ups in our entire app so they don't look different in different use cases so yeah um it does feel a little bit p- 
Pivoty, like I've I've strayed away from doing Scrum and Clear Task for quite some time. I've had requests from it, but then I I had like a client who was very specific about a certain flow, which was very interesting to me, and that had to do with stories. And then I got into reading about um uh, about Scrum even more. I even bought a book from a friend of mine who gave me a lot of feedback, and I'll give you the exact title of the book. If you want to get more into Scrum, I started reading it. It's a lot of information. Uh, so it's my friend's Dan Miller. Um, so let me just get the title of the book real quick. So the name of the book is Don't Spook the Herd. Don't Spook the Herd. H-E-R-D. Um, so you can find that on, I'll list it on, on show notes. Yeah, you can find it on, on Gumroad. It's nine ninety nine. And uh, I'm reading that, so uh, I've gone really into reading a lot about Scrum, and I really like it. Uh, one thing I don't like about it is, is how uh, technical people get with it. I'm sure like bigger companies, they have to do that, but like smaller teams, they can use the best of it without getting into detail and really getting things done. And that's sort of the area that I'm very interested about, like small, small shops with 10 people making a product or offering services to their client. Like they don't have to go into the whole Scrum methodology that is like very deep. Like they can sort of um, adopt it to their needs and get things done because it's very, the process itself as I'm learning more about is, is is limiting. So you have to be sort of limiting yourself when you start a sprint. Um, however, you need to have some flexibility as, as things change. But for your developers, for your team, it gives them a sense of certainty that something will get done at this point when when all these things were are done and that's one thing about this whole corona coronavirus period because the scariest thing is like we don't know how it will, it will end like not knowing you know when you have a plan you say okay we're going to be locked down for five years and then after five years a b c d will happen like that's more reassuring than not knowing so i like that about scrum sort of you have a sprint of two weeks you have these 20 tasks that need to be done. There's three people on the team, and you see tasks being moved towards the end, towards the last status and getting done. So I really like that. And uh, I'm going to try and explore more, more of that with Claritask and hopefully write some blogs about it and uh, maybe even introduce uh, Scrum to uh, small teams that stray away from it and think it's too technical, which is it doesn't have to be. I mean, it can be. It could be very scientific. Like I, I was reading some stuff which is really deep and and I don't know, like it sounds like astronomy almost. Um, it's just very, very deep. And I'm sure people, like I'm sure that's great for companies that really work like that, like big teams, they have to do that. But for smaller teams, like we can take the best of it and like uh, work better. So yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, uh, pretty much done with the virus. I, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Um, just reading the news superficially, just trying to see like how we're moving towards vaccine, trying to get like, um, I was reading this article on San Francisco Chronicle, how this team of, um, of scientists, uh, have mapped, um, uh, the virus and then open sourced the whole map of it and then gave it gave it to like scientists around the world so people can try different things uh, and one cool thing about it is was that you know instead of trying to attack the virus like they were focusing on how to have ourselves not respond to it in a way if i gotten that correctly like sort of not 
make it a um, easy for the for the virus to attach to a cell so they're like going that way not just attacking the the actual virus so that was pretty cool and i'm reading articles like that i don't want to read like cnn's or or bbc's or guardians or, or fear mongering weird news that the world is going down just trying to get the news staying safe trying to be more pragmatic pragmatic about it and just you know uh just trying to see this period through and then hopefully we get back to to normal uh not just new normal but back to normal and we get rid of this virus once and for all so that's that's sort of my hope and dream ahead um i hope you're safe uh thanks for listening um and uh i'll talk to you soon